Hey there, it's Will Gadara, and welcome back to Weekly Specials. Last week I said that that was the last episode of the season, but we had some more content that was just pretty fun and we wanted to share. So I guess you could consider this a bonus episode, and I think it's pretty awesome. So I'm excited for you to check it out. In this episode, our guest talks about her first official restaurant job. Mine was at a Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. I was working at the Terrytown Marriott. I'm from Westchester. I grew up in Sleepy Hollow and Terrytown, and my first official job was at the Ruth's Chris. There, I had two jobs. I was a busboy and a host. And one day I was working at the podium. And this is back in the day when we had the old reservations book. And I looked down and there was a reservation for a guy named $2 Bill. When I say $2 Bill, it was like the dollar sign, two. I had no idea what to expect, but this guy comes in and he opens up his wallet. And it was one of those wallets with the little bill fold in the middle. And inside must have been 30 to 40 $2 bills. And he looks at me and the two people I was working at the front door with. And after he had a little bit of a conversation with us, I guess enough of one to recognize that he liked us. He gives us each a $2 bill and he says, hey, every time I give someone a $2 bill, it represents good luck. And as long as you hold on to that $2 bill, you're going to have good luck. In fact, I gave one to a guy three years ago. He spent it a year ago and he's had bad luck ever since. And of course, I'm listening to this and I'm 14 or 15 years old or something. And I think it's ridiculous. But I put the $2 bill in my wallet and it's stayed there ever since. This was now 25 some odd years ago. And I'm sharing that because you're going to hear the story of my guest's first job. I felt like I needed to give you a story of my first job. But also, I guess just to acknowledge that no matter how ridiculous something might sound or seem, there is beauty in just choosing to believe in it. Right now, there's so much out of our control. We can all use a little luck. And whether you believe in all that woo-woo stuff or not, it doesn't even matter. I think just finding things that you choose to believe in, regardless of how ridiculous they are, it can be kind of a beautiful thing. So figure out what your air quote $2 bill is, because mine has certainly done well by me. In a couple of weeks, we are kicking off the new 2020 Digital Welcome Conference. I've talked about it before. We've shared some other stuff on social, but it's going to be a five-month-long thing. Each month, we're going to be focusing on a different theme that we believe people need to embody in order to survive this road ahead and thrive on the other side of it. As our industry seeks to, out of opportunity and, well, also because we just have to reinvent itself, uh, this first theme is going to be grit, because right now we all need a lot of grit. This is a time when, even on the darkest days, you need to refuse to give up. Go to welcomeconference.org to join this new platform we've built. On the platform will be all of the content, whether it's keynote speeches from extraordinary people, conversations with industry leaders, all of the podcasts that I do will be focused on those monthly themes. So you need to register for that platform. It is free. It's open. Just go to welcomeconference.org and check it out. We're pretty excited about it. I hope you end up being excited about it too. But enough from me. Here we go. The final, final episode of this season of our podcast. Welcome back to Weekly Specials. It's the Weekly Specials. Weekly Specials. Good news coming at you. The Weekly Specials.
Okay, guys, welcome back to another segment of This Really Happened. A reminder, this is where we talk to some of the best people in the business, some of our favorite people in the business, where they share stories that highlight I mean, the ridiculousness of the restaurant industry. Because any of us who do this for a living know that if you do it for long enough, you end up with an entire book of stories that you tell over and over and over again. And some of them are happy and sad and uplifting. And some of them are just downright ridiculous. Today, I'm so excited to have with me Sarah Robbins, who's been a friend for a long time and a part of the Welcome Conference family. I mean, for what seems like forever. She is the COO and founding partner of one of the coolest hotel brands in the country, 21C, and has worked in nearly all roles in hotels and restaurants. She and I also share the fact that we both worked at Tribeca Grill, although she was a manager. I was just a management intern. Sarah, I'm so excited to have you here. Welcome. Thank you so much uh, for having me, Will. That's right. Alums of uh, Tribeca Grill. It's a, it's a good position to be in. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, okay, we emailed Sarah about a week ago, explained to her the gist of what we were doing, and you have a story to tell. I do. And in this case, um, well, did you re- use the word ridiculous, right? Yeah. The ridiculous yeah. story. Okay, so the, ri- the ridiculous person <laughs> in the story was me. Um, and so, <laughs> I always love to ask people, maybe it's because of this experience. I love to ask people, what was your first job in the restaurant business? Because it's always good. Like, in, so when we're opening a property and trying to get to know our team, that's a go-to because there was always a, a great story there. So my first time waiting tables was my first foray into the restaurant business. I was very fortunate to be able to spend summers on Martha's Vineyard. My dad was a school teacher, which meant you had to get a summer job to continue to support your family. Wait, where so did you where did you grow up? Well, grew up in St. Louis and then Los Angeles and then Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. So, so you're summering but, far from home. So it was really far from home. Like we did the cross-country trip when we lived in LA. One year we drove, one year we flew. We decided driving was actually easier. We had dogs and cats, and we were going for the I mean, we were living there. We were going there for three months which just seems so decadent to me now. But the great part about it beyond obviously being on Martha's Vineyard for three months was that they would employ anybody at pretty much any age, right? So it was like, if you had a pulse, (laughs) you were good. And so I made all this spending money. I, I mean, I thought, like, I thought I had just totally stepped in it. And so I've been working at a small market and oh my gosh, the stupid things I did there. I asked my manager to buy me beer, which was pretty awesome. I didn't know he was Wait, my how manager. old were you? I was much too young. I'm not going to tell you in case my children ever get it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, I'm going to actually divulge that perhaps in just a minute. But anyway, I didn't know he was my boss. And then I left there in the middle of a shift. I quit. I didn't know you're supposed to give notice. I didn't know anything because I wanted to go wait tables at this beautiful resort called the Harbor View. And that's still there in operations. So I, I land the job and it's my first shift. This is my very first shift in the restaurant business ever. This is where it all started. And I go in and it's a, it's a big resort. And so people are, this kitchen is enormous and there's all sorts of hustling and bustling. And somebody gives me the assignment to make the orange juice. They had a huge buffet but we served the orange juice, I guess, and served the coffee and all of that. So I was supposed that was my side work was to make the orange juice. And Wait, this was a, your first live shift or your first training shift or just your first day on the job? Oh, you're going you're gonna to understand. 
there was no training well okay. <laughs> they went straight to live fire <laughs> this was this was live rounds which Got it. actually is going to tie into like lessons learned of why this is an important story so i get side work Somebody hands me a stock pot that literally you could probably bathe in. This thing was enormous with giant cartons of that orange juice concentrate. So I open those things up. I'm mixing and pouring. It is taking me. I don't know where anything is. I'm like, how am I going to get the orange juice from this big pot into pitchers into the dining room? And so it took me, I'll just skip ahead. It took me a really long time. Probably the first two hours of my shift was making this orange juice. Okay. So now it's go time. Like I go out into the dining room and this person hands me a dupe pad. This was my training. They hand me a dupe pad and they point to the far end of the dining room. And they said, you have those five tables. And I'm like, okay, I didn't have a menu. <laughs> I had literally nothing. And so I am terrified sitting there thinking, I'm going to be asked questions and I'm not going to know the answer to them. And I remember one woman, a single diner sits at the table all the way at the end of this very long room. And the person's like, that's yours. You've got to go take this table. So I walk over there and I'm like, oh my God, what's she going to ask me? What's she going to ask me? I don't know anything. And the woman looks up at me and she says with this sort of, she was sort of condescending and she was like barely making eye contact with me. And she said, is the orange juice fresh? And, oh, <laughs> okay. I was like, oh my God, I wait, I know of this orange juice. <laughs> You're like, this is the one so, thing I actually this know. This is the one thing I know. And so, of course, she's asking, is it fresh squeeze? I don't know that at first. And I was like, you know what? Yes, I just mixed it myself. <laughs> <laughs> so you weren't even lying. That was a truthful oh, answer. And it was the truth. And then she sort of looks at me and I was like, and then I did catch on and I said, oh no, it's, you know, from concentrate, whatever. So that was it. That was the moment. That was Sarah Robbins' entry into the restaurant business. So the, the funny thing about it, and you'll appreciate this knowing Marty and Tribeca Grill and all of that, fast forward, it must be 15 or 20 years because I was really young. I think I might have been like 15, which is why I should not have been asking that guy to buy me beer. But Yeah, but I, I mean, let's okay, just Okay, so it was a thing. So it was like, yeah. So fast forward, it must have been probably 15 years later, Drew gets a job a management contract, Trinaporic gets a management contract to do the training and repositioning of the restaurant at the Harborview Hotel. No and I was like, oh my God, way. I worked there. And so they invited me to go and help train the staff. And what were, you, what were you doing with Drew at this point? Well, so I was managing at Tribeca, but then they did a lot of work. He and Michael Bonadies did a lot of work and Marty did a ton of work with restaurants within hotels. Yes. And they would approach them. So I think that was maybe through interstate hotels was where they got that initial gig. And so I said, I, I know the vineyard well. And like, I worked that dining room. I made quite a splash on my first day there. And so I would go back, they would bring, you know, because of course it's seasonal. They would bring all these kids like from England and Ireland and Scotland in, in May and train everybody up at this. Now they've trained, which is a yes. big, that's pretty amazing. Yes. And so I would go and help train the servers. And so I always told them that story. And I said, listen, <laughs> you never know where this industry is going to take you. Cause these were all like 
uh, hospitality students that were coming over as part of their internship. And I said, you never know, you might be back here, you know, in charge of the training <laughs> some someday. So I love that um, so much. And I did that for like 10 summers, I think, going back and doing it. But anyway, that's the that's the deal. But I think like when I think about like, why is that meaningful? Or why do I always tell that story is I'm a big fan of embracing failure. And to me, that is <laughs> really like, it could not have started out <laughs> worse, I think, for me, because I really stuck my foot in it. And so I just think it's like anybody can move on from any moment. I love that about our business that you can have these terrible gaffes and still yet recover. And obviously it's worked out okay. I'm still doing, you know, still at it all these all these years later. But I mean, I, I have a few things I just want to acknowledge. And and this is like for anyone who has not met Sarah Robbins, this is like the perfect way to get to know her. Her terrible gaffe was that it took her too long to make orange juice on her first day ever working at a restaurant. Like that's the that's the that's the well, standard. I said something incredibly stupid to a guest too. I mean, this woman is paying, you know, at the, at the time the room, the room rates were probably like 400 bucks a night. And here I am this idiot, sir. You know, I was just fool. But it also shows you, by the way, like when I hear that story, I'm not surprised because every seasonal operation, like 90% of them are so bad and you always wonder why. And it's like, Oh, Oh, there's zero training at all. They well, just no, let yeah, a fifteen-year-old yeah. take a station with a dupe pad. Yeah, I was I was trained. Yeah, I knew where my tables. I knew which tables I had. Well, that was pretty probably a pretty big deal. Oh my gosh, <laughs> the stories from that place in the early days were wild. But then, and I remember Steve Ells spoke at the Welcome Conference years ago, and one of the I had things to he told him actually. Oh, you guys spoke on the same year. <laughs> yeah, I was the second. I followed him, truly. Well, you guys both crushed it. But I, I remember one of the things that he said was that at Chipotle, they, like the people that work there, do more cooking than in any other fast food restaurant. And the whole point of that is like, if you actually let people, if you trust them enough to do the work, they, they show up for it. And so yeah. I'm actually just thinking about I joke about how seasonal restaurants are no good because there's no training, but how much we train everyone on every single little detail. And there is power in just letting people sink or swim and just throwing people into the fire. And I bet you would more often than not be pretty amazed by the fact that most people can swim. Or, and that's pretty or cool. learn to recover. I mean, I remember this experience from was a long time ago, you know, 30 plus years ago. And I could tell you where I was standing. I remember making the orange juice. I remember every part about it and having that sting of, I made a mistake with this guest because I gave the wrong information and I was kind of silly about it. But I thought, okay, I don't want to do that again. And so it really did prompt me to ask questions. And then of course it was, you know, we did put a lot of work into making sure that that team could answer questions. So we For sure. a pretty rigorous two-week training program. And, you know, every May we'd go up there so that they, they weren't like me, ideally. So I don't know the extent to which kids who are getting their first summer job will ever listen to this podcast. But in the event that any of you are, here's the lesson. You can have a disaster of a first service and you can still end up as one of the biggest badasses in the hospitality industry. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. You're the oh best. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy to. Thanks so much, Will. I look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you so much for tuning in. This show is produced by the Welcome Conference team. 
including Aaron Ginsberg, Anthony Rudolph, Sandra DiCapua, and Brian Canlis. And our music is courtesy of Aaron Raytier. Special thanks to our creative collaborators at Resi, and thank you to our longtime partners at American Express and Sam Pellegrino for their unwavering support. During a time when we're not able to come together in person, it's that support that allows us to connect with you here. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And to learn more about the Welcome Conference, visit welcomeconference.org or find us on Instagram at Welcome Conference. It's the weekly specials. Weekly specials. Good news coming at you. The week-